Welcome to Indigo Tent Podcast Number 10. Today we'll cover the subject of meditation, why you should and how you could. Hey Zella, welcome to the tent. You're looking really zen today. I am because our topic is meditation. What? is meditation. We're going to unpack that for you today, listeners. Wendy's going to give us some science behind it. But first, we have an activity right from the start. We want you to create your own image. What does meditation look like to you? Does it look like a monk sitting alone in a cave with long flowing hair and white robes of some sort being quiet for hours upon hours of time? Or does it look like the latest marketing schemes where you see the beautiful yoga woman sitting in this posture with her arms and her hands just right, telling you to bank here. (laughs) So what is meditation, Wendy? Give us a little science behind it. Yeah, you know, there's really a lot of baggage around that term. And so let's think about what it is, what it isn't, and why that even matters today. We hear so much about, oh, you need to meditate, you need to meditate, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it's like, oh, great, one more thing on my list. And if you ever remember the movie um, Eat, Pray, Love a few years back where she was just like, ah, I can't meditate. I have to go to this ashram in India and I have to sit and do this, like exact this thing and all these thoughts that keep coming in my mind and I'm never going to be good at meditating. But then she was and... Then, then she was worried how she's going to keep that balance of meditating in her life while she's in a relationship. And, and it just goes on and on and on. I digress. But let's look at what we found through science that are some of the benefits. So in the neurochemistry field, they're starting to really look at the brain in its different formats and what it's doing throughout the day. So they are finding that for example, like we, we know that serotonin is a great mood regulator and it also helps us with our social behavior and our appetite, our sleep, our memory, all of those positive things. So what happens in the brain when it's stressed? Well, it's not producing serotonin, it's producing more things like cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And then when you've got too much cortisol being produced because of the stress, then it leads to things like inflammation in the body and weight gain. And we're now learning that inflammation is this huge, huge connection to so many diseases and conditions that we're having today. We're like stuck in stress mode. Then we're also realizing um, a little bit about the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. This is the juicy stuff that basically prolongs your neurons and kind of creates this sort of a protective cushion. Basically, it keeps you younger, longer. And exercise builds more of those BDNFs. We've got also the different aspects of the brain and the, and the wavelengths that go on in the brain that help us perform different functions. But that's a whole nother podcast. But a little <laughs> bit, yeah, you're right. Right. 
So the, the basic essence is that this meditation is a process or it's a time or a space for the brain to regulate itself, to produce the more positive chemicals, if you will, and reduce the more harmful ones or the long-term harmful ones. And this is basically at your body's best defense against stress. Because when you're in stress mode, remember, that's fight or flight or freeze mode. Everything in the body is shutting down because you're preparing to try to save your life, okay? You don't need higher thinking usually to save your life. You don't need digestion to save your life. You need to get the heck out of Dodge. Run away from the tiger. <laughs> run away, run away, yes. So um, this meditation allows us that time and that space to manage the stress a little bit and debrief from that stress and put ourselves back in what's called homeostasis, which is that kind of that place that the body wants to be it. That's like when we're, when we're functioning optimally. That's homeostasis. Now, what I've told my students over the years, and this may sound a little bit harsh, is that when you're not managing your stress, you're basically committing negligent suicide. That's a harsh term, but it's something that we need to think about because if we're not taking care of the brain, if we're not reducing the cortisol, if we're not boosting the serotonin, then we're going to be in constant flight or fight, which just makes sense. You're going to wear down your organs faster. There's a lot of listeners that are going to say, I understand the benefits and I've tried it and my monkey mind just jumps all around and I can't get in that still quiet place. A lot of us are there. Right. And there's a saying, be still and know that I am. Address that for us, Wendy. You know, I've, I've grown up hearing that, be still and know that I am, be still and know that I am God. I used to think of it as like, okay, what, I got to like stand perfectly still? <laughs> like my mother told me when we went to mass when I was a child, when we were kneeling and, or standing, she was constantly telling me, be still. That kind of be still, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the not disruptive be still. But as you know, as I think about it more in this time of our life, it's really about allowing that stillness, that peace that, that comes passes from, all understanding. Yeah. Giving ourselves some space to just contemplate, to hear those answers to our prayers. I love it. Listeners, we're going to give you some different types of meditations that either Wendy and I practice ourselves or just other forms of meditation. So for myself, every morning, I go literally into my closet. I have a little rug that I set aside so that I can transform that space from the place where I quickly change clothes as I'm heading out the door. Now it becomes a place where I know I'm going to settle in. And I set a timer. That just helps my brain because I know that I've got to get in to a quiet place quickly and get settled. I use a breathing pattern to help me. I watch my breath. I inhale nice and slow. I hold the breath and then I exhale nice and slow. I usually start off with some type of scripture reading and I end with some type of a prayer when that timer goes off. And I have found that the days that I skip the meditation, those are the days that are the hardest. The days that I'm quiet and still, my life seems to flow a bit better. Ooh, yes. 
I definitely notice the difference when I don't get some some kind of meditation in. And I love that how you described where you set the space for you to be in that meditation and you allow the breath to give you something to focus on besides all the monkey chatter in the mind. Exactly. Yeah, great. You know, over the years, I, I always thought, well, okay, is meditation like this really formal thing? Or can it also be, it's just sometimes a quiet moment. And so understanding that like every culture has some form or aspect of this concept of meditation, something as simple as sitting in the morning or in the evening and reading scriptures or reading inspirational works, just thinking about how the day did go or how the day might go, setting some intentions for that day, taking that time to just be a way to meditate that doesn't have to be so formal about, oh, I got to quiet all this stuff in my mind. Right. Some other forms of meditation are yoga nidra. So in yoga nidra, it's a guided meditation and it's typically done at night to help induce sleep. And the person speaks in more of a monotone, bringing relaxation, attention, awareness to different limbs within your body, with different organs, with systems within your body. And this helps you to tune into your body. Then the speaker will take you through some guided imagery, ask you to imagine different things. And this also helps to calm the mind down. You can go online and find all sorts of guided meditations. I know that Deepak Chopra definitely has some valuable guided meditations that are worth looking into. Indeed. In fact, that was kind of where I first got started several years ago with the idea of meditation was through some of his version of guided meditations, where it initially gave me some, uh, you know, he kind of talked about a concept or a thought or a thing that might be going on in, our, in life in general, and then gave you a little phrase or a mantra to say during it. That mantra for the while kind of helped me distract myself from myself by focusing on that little short word. So that's another one. Great. Um, I've recently, in the last couple of years, also joined a meditation study group. And you're like, well, how do you study and meditate? <laughs> well, that's exactly what we do. And it's referred to as Edgar Casey. He was known, oh, I guess in the late 1800s, early 1900s as the sleeping prophet, but more so that he, he did a lot of healing in a trance-like state. A lot of his talks were recorded and put in a book called In Search of God. And so we get together as a community and we will read through the book and then, you know, we'll read a chapter maybe or a few, sometimes just a few paragraphs and talk about how we apply that into our life. And then we do a certain type of meditation that's a very deep, quieting meditation. And usually very profound because I know that after your Tuesday meditations, when we have conversations on Wednesday, they're always insightful and they inspire me. Listeners, we have an assignment for you. Wendy has recorded a moving meditation and it's part of her Elements of Harmony series. We'd like for you this week to listen to this selection and know that We've talked about all these quiet, contemplative type of meditations, but there's also moving meditations, walking, dancing, 
expressing yourself with movement where you're focusing on the breath, focusing on the movement. And again, the same goal is attained. You're quieting the monkey mind. I find that my body needs to move. And as we've talked about in our energy in motion, I need to move that energy. So for me, like you said, the, the moving meditations really help me kind of move past some of those really strong emotional moments or blocks. Yes. Those, those strong blocks so that I can then calm down enough to get the wisdom out of that experience. So enjoy this little one minute of a moving meditation. And we'll see you next week in the tent. Till then. Bye dear listeners. In your best posture, imagine a time when you felt a sense of powerful reflection, groundedness, structure. Inhale that into your being, feeling the wisdom as you reflect upon the experiences that led you here today. Feel the rhythm of your breath, inhaling all the DNA moments that connect you to you and all that is you, your life, your family, friends, colleagues, and especially your ancestors. Allow yourself to exhale what is no longer needed. Stand strong in the wisdom of your life experiences. An intention. I choose to welcome the experiences of my life as they provide me with the opportunity for wisdom. <laughs>